When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you like what you're hearing right now? Then be sure to check out VOC Nation. Whether it's on VOCNation.com or your favorite podcast provider, VOC Nation offers the greatest in live and on-demand content, great interviews, and incredible insight from those who have lived the business. Seven days a week, VOCNation.com. And don't forget to check us out on Twitter at VOCNation. Hello everyone, and welcome to WCW Retro. I'm your host, Jalen Papa Stroh, the Maestro of Wrestling. Always great to have you guys with us. We play baseball, we talk about past, present, music, professional wrestling, so much more. You never know, go call in, have the fun. It's always a good time here in WCW Retro. It's great as always having you all join us tonight. And tonight we're talking favorite main events through the years. If you got a cool main event you'd like to share, please call in anytime to tonight. WCW Retro Podcast at 914-338-1885. Before we get started, we'll dive in on the main events and more list for this tonight. Uh, make a few shout outs and announcements, if you will. Uh, shout outs to Colin Farley Club. Find out what they're up to at colinfarleyclub.org. O-R-G. Masters of Ring Entertainment, Masters of Ring Entertainment.com, Fishing with Special Friends at FishingWithSpecialFriends.com, uh, Innovator Hybrid Wrestling in the Maritimes area in Canada. Uh, find out what's the latest on them at Facebook.com slash IHW Wrestling. And uh, if uh, Texas Style Wrestling will be having the, their next event this Saturday night. So uh, and look for them on all the social media outlets. Uh, it's just always a good time Texas style wrestling for everyone in the Texas area. Um, also, um, uh, for a social media roundup, uh, my official website is stro.com. My uh, official merchandise page is stro.com slash merchandise. Get your Papa Stro merch today. Always best. On Twitter at Simon Stro, Instagram at Stro Maestro. Uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Stro Maestro. And uh, for bookings, yours truly, hit me up, strofoya at yahoo.com, S T R O and 4YA at yahoo.com. And if you'd like to be a special guest, I'll come in episode WCW Retro. Uh, if you can get a shout, WCW Retro at yahoo.com. It's exposure for a podcast. And check out all the great programming we got here at DOCNation.com, all the great podcasts, and support us at Pro Wrestling Tees at ProWrestlingTees.com slash 
BOC Nation, get your favorite BOC Nation t-shirt today from one of WCW Retro and one of his children. So tonight, we're talking main event. Here, uh, and we've got first caller in. Bring him on. Welcome to WWE Retro. Hey, it's Howard, man. What's going on? Ah, word. How you doing? Welcome I'm back. doing well, man. How are you? Oh, man. Just keep, keep it together. <laughs> together man. Uh, one day at a time, right? You know? um, nice, man. Favorite main event of the year, man. What, what are some of your favorites that come to mind? Wow, I mean, there, I mean, there's a lot of them, and I don't know if they were necessarily main events, you know, on any particular card, but um, I think any time Ric Flair and Barry Windham got together, I guess in the mid-80s, um, oh, wow, you know, it was a, yeah, it just, wow. you know, and especially when, you know, when Flair was the heel and Barry Windham was the baby face, I think that were, they were the best, you know, set of matches you know, that those two could have. Oh, this is amazing. Yeah, I, I, can watch, you know, I, I can watch those guys wrestle all night. <laughs> this is amazing. Yeah. And I, I, I listened to a, a podcast um, with Arn Anderson, and he he talked about a night that him and, him and Barry Windham had a, had a match. And for, I think he said it was like five or six minutes, they actually fought on their knees and never got to their feet, and, and the crowd just ate it up. They were they were that good together. Oh, wow. <coughs> wow, two of the best right there, Arn and Barry. Wow. Yeah, and, you know, and I don't think Barry quite necessarily gets the, the credit he deserved for how great, you know, he he truly was. Oh, man, the lineage, that whole family. And oh, even yeah. to this day, you know, Bray Wyatt, you know, carry carry on this family uh, tradition, man. It's just, it's just incredible. Yeah, just, you know, just uh, you know, just an incredible set of matches. And <clears throat> I actually just watched um, a little bit of it today from um, TBS. I was watching a couple of matches between um, the Midnight Express and the Rock and Roll Express. <clears throat> Oh man! Excuse me. Classic. You know, classic. and oh man. Yeah, and yeah, and, and, and anytime those, those four got together, it was you know, especially when you when you had Jim Cornette into the mix. I think you know Cornette just had a kind of natural ability to just you know kind of make you mad and infuriate you watch you know while you're watching it on TV. Right, right. Oh my God, the tag team wrestling is a whole new level right there. Unbelievable. Yeah. Oh, and, and did they how many main events those guys had through the year? Right. Yeah. You know, it, I, I heard, I don't know if it was on one of the, either Tales from the Territory or the Crockett history, um, when when they brought um, the Rock and Roll Express over from Mid-South, um, they started selling out arenas in Charlotte and, and Fayetteville and down that area that had never truly sold out before I moved. Mean, you know, they said we have sell-out crowds, but, you know, back in that day, they were doing fifty dollars to $60,000 houses, you know, in the mid-'80s that they had never done before. <laughs> and it was on the recommendation of, yeah, it was on the recommendation of Ric Flair, who went to Mid-South and, and saw them and said, you know, we're missing the boat with these guys, and we got to get them over here. 
And, you know, as, as the old oh, saying goes, the rest is history. Oh, thank you, Nature Boy. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. That's great, man. We're being joined by Chaz Ready from Chicago. Chaz, welcome back, brother. How you doing, man? Hey, guys. How are you tonight? All's good over here. We got a... A little bit of winter came back home after we had 60 degrees on Monday. Now we got snow tonight, so it's Mother Nature's way of letting us know we're still in Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> crazy, crazy, right? Oh my goodness. Uh, well, you no, know, our now we kind of started off tonight talking about uh, favorite main event of the year, and I'm sure, Chaz, I know you got some you would love to share. <laughs> oh well, you know here. Um, Starting out in New York, you know, being born out there, and God, how many main events did we talk about that Bruno San Martino had, and Pedro Morales, and superstar Billy Graham? It really didn't matter who their opponents were. I mean, every Monday night, once a month in the Garden was a sellout, no matter who the champion was. I mean, those main events were always memorable. Um, God, seeing superstar Billy Graham and Dusty Rhodes, I mean, they. Oh. It was just magic from the time they from the time they were cutting promos to get people in the door and until the time they entered the ring and I mean they fought wars against each other and uh, yeah, two of the most charismatic rappers of their time. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And then you know moving over to Chicago in the mid seventies, I was fortunate enough to see Mick Bockwinkle and and the old adage is true. Bockwinkle can make either a traffic cone or a broomstick look good. Oh, absolutely. Oh, my gosh. Again, you know, the the challengers were interchangeable, whether it be Vern Gagne or Mad Dog Bashan or Bruiser or Crusher or or somebody somebody scientific like a a Jumbo Sharuda. I mean, Bockwinkle, he never never failed to, to deliver. I mean, he used to go down to Memphis and... He made Jerry Lawler look like a million dollars long before Jerry Lawler was of that caliber. Oh, man. Oh, man. It, you know, he, it, that's such a lost art these days. You guys like Bob Winkle that could take virtually anybody and, 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 and make him a star, you know? Yeah, I mean, he can, you know, I keep remembering, you know, watching now, watching video of him in Houston working for Paul Bosch. And, I mean, he would work Dusty Rhodes in Houston or he'd work Bruiser Brody. And, you know, again, all different styles, all different, you know, shapes and sizes of Challenger. And the one constant was Bockwinkle. Absolutely. You, you know what you know, I was from, thinking the other day that was on its way to being that, that you know, that caliber of wrestler who, like, always had a good match with? And, and it's a shame, he, you know, he didn't. Uh, oh, God. David Von Eric, man. Uh, that oh, guy, yeah. he, he was all—he was well on his way to being even up the echelon, like with the Bob Winkles and the flares and all that. And I mean, that that guy, man, he, he can wrestle with anybody. You know what I mean? And have a good match. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, you, you talk about guys like David Von Erich and um, Harley Race, and I mean, you know, going even further back than that, you, you had guys like Pat O'Connor and. Nature Boy, Buddy Rogers, they would tour the country and just take on everybody. I mean, Flair was oh, of that man. same ilk. I mean, I remember one time reading about Flair wrestling Nick Goulas in Nashville. And, you know, Nick yeah. Goulas wasn't the greatest wrestler in the world. And 
Blair just elevated him to a level that he hadn't seen before because that's how you draw money. I mean, Mick was the local baby face, and the only way you're going to draw money with a guy like that is is to make sure that he was uh, make sure that he was uh, elevated to a status that he looked like a legitimate contender. Absolutely, and you know, there's another guy I'd be remiss to say that was on that echelon of level of competitors uh, with uh, Kurt Hennig. That's perfect. Uh, that guy. I mean, it's a great match. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a funny story. Rick tells us sometimes about uh, a match Harley and the young Kurt Hennig. And he's been in the locker room and Harley's just sitting in the chair smoking cigars like, what's your finish, kid? <laughs> and uh, Kurt Hennig was like, he responded to me, drop kick off the top, bro. <laughs> and uh, Harley sits back and he's this is a pleasant door, right? And he says, I'll move. He's <laughs> like, yes, sir. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Definitely. I, I think, you know, I think fans nowadays are, you know, from 84, 85 onward, I think once we, things were established that, you know, there were separate companies and that there wasn't going to be any crossover matches like there were back in the 70s and early 80s, that, um, Fans really got shortchanged because they they didn't right. get to see the traveling champion like there was prior to to 1984. I mean it's you know yeah, it, it was what it was and it still is what it is. But you know I give the um, I give the the nod to the guys that that worked you know 300 dates a year in 12 different territories and back and forth to Japan, stopping off in Hawaii. I mean, those were those were guys that were worthy of, of really worthy of, of being called a world champion. I mean, you know, and the new champion had to take oh, over course. the old champ's schedule. I mean, that was just, mm-hmm. you know, that, that was just awesome. You know, I'm, I kind of miss those days. I mean, Absolutely. you're starting to see a little bit of it now, not so much with WWE because they're entrenched in that uh, single-entity mentality. But I mean, hopefully right. with 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 AEW and ROH merged, and um, and the NWA, hopefully they'll they'll start to go back to that crossover type of matches because there's a lot of intriguing know, yeah. matches that would be main events. You know, think of it NWA this way: they can come back right now. Yeah, they they sure are. I mean, Tom Latimer captured the um, the NWA TV title. And I, I think that he's going to make a worthy champion because of the fact that, you know, he's not afraid to take anybody on. Right, and there, there's you a know. guy right there that that guy that go in, ready to take, I feel, anywhere and be a, a star. You know. Oh, most definitely. I mean, you know, you, you look at... Um, you look at, I got blocked on Twitter by the, a former NWA champion that I'm not going to put over a mention because he happened to try to put himself in that same pantheon. He tried to put himself in the same pantheon as Harley and Dusty and Flair and Lupez. So in terms of the brain. No, I mean, he was trying to put himself in that you know group I mean? because he had held the title yeah. for, for five and a half years, but... He only defended it 27 times in five years. I'm oh, sorry, wow. you're not of that. You're not of that group. 
Now, you can call yourself a national treasure all you want, but you're a joke. I, I got. I got to tell you guys a funny story. Right uh, along those lines, uh, I was at an event, right? And I, I'm in the back, and I'm, I'm talking to Tony Blanchard, Best Bastard, uh, Dr. Tom Fritz, the Midnight Express, the Steiners. You know, I mean, it was like a, a jam-packed card. You know what I mean? And we're all talking, and uh, this guy comes. This guy supposedly wrestled uh, the ring veteran in the Indies and all that. He had his mask and he came back. He didn't say words. He didn't shake nobody's hands, right? Like, just pretty much just inspected the whole lot. So he gets back after his match. Then he comes to us and says, uh, so, how, how, uh, how did you like my match, right? And I think probably one of them said, uh, how, what's your name and so-and-so and how long you've been in the business, right? And he said, well, I've been a veteran for 11 years, right? And somebody else, one of, us, one of us focus says, uh, you know what we think? <laughs> we think you need to go out there, grab a chair, sit down next to the rest of the fans, and enjoy the show. <laughs> exactly right, dude. Exactly right. I mean, I'll tell you a small story that's similar. You know, when I was when right. I was uh, managing regularly on the indies, I'm, I've kind of slowed down now, but. When I was out there yeah. working every weekend, every weekend for you know years and years, um, my wife would be. This was before my wife and I were married. She'd be in the crowd, you know, watching the show. And I, I had a couple of kids come up to me and say, "Hey, Chaz, did you see our match? What did you think?" And I said, "Sorry, bro, I was up there cutting promos. I didn't get, I didn't get a chance to see it." I said, "Well, where was Amy?" Uh, I said, "Did you see Amy in the arena?" No, she walked out, and went outside. I said, "Well, then you guys sucked." <laughs> she went and took a cigarette break. That means you sucked. Have a nice day. Uh, wow. <laughs> and that became the hard and okay. fast rule in the Indies. If Amy wasn't in the right. arena, you guys suck. <laughs> <laughs> that was the message right there. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just that the little things that pick up on it. You know, I always hated when right, guys right. used to quote how long they were in the business. Look, you can work once a yeah. month in the same old place for 12 years and say that you're a 12-year vet. You've had 12 matches a year for 12 years. Are you kidding? Really? <laughs> oh, yeah. Like you, uh, like you said, that the, 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 the great response is, why don't you go buy a ticket and sit out in the crowd? Because... You don't do what we do. You know, when you can, when you can travel seven hours to Memphis, ten and a half to Birmingham, uh, yeah. thirteen hours to New Orleans, fly across the pond oh, to England, then come and talk to me. You know, if you're within that same twenty mile radius, working the same guys in front of the same mm. fifty people, just stop. Yeah. Just stop. You're an attention seeker. <laughs> oh God. Uh, so, and you don't want to be you don't want to be rude to these guys, but at some point they gotta tell them the truth. I mean Howard, you know, I'm back hours, hours. Um what? Uh, Native event. He's got the TV on yeah. in the background. 
Oh, okay. Are you still there, Howard? <laughs> oh, is that you, Howard? <laughs> yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. Yeah, Sorry. we can now. <laughs> yep. I, I was going to ask you, Howard, we're kind of long, touching on what we were talking about. Have you seen? Have you ever seen a main event, in, in your opinion, in your view, that you felt that shouldn't have been a main event? You know what I mean? Wow. Um, I'm going to have to think about that for a second. match earlier in the show should have been main event, but didn't get the nod. Wow, I hadn't hadn't thought about that. I think the one that kind of sticks out um, is, uh, and again, I don't know if it was main event, but it got a lot of hype. And it just really didn't go anywhere. Was um, the Undertaker uh, against uh, what they call at the time Giant Gonzalez, or I, I don't know what his what his ring name was at the time, but it was just god awful. It was, oh, yeah, and I, I, I think it was one. I think it was one of the the upper like it was either you know the the main event or you know what they call now the the co-main event you know, whatever it was, but I just remember that being, I know it was a pay-per-view, and I can't remember which one it was, um, but it was just, it was just horrible. Oh, gosh. You know, and, 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 and Taker, man, he's like one of the best. You know what I mean? He's, yeah. <laughs> like we were talking yeah, about. Yeah, I mean, if, if you, if you can't have a good match with him, then, you know, especially, you know, in the more modern generation, that, then he might as well give it up. Well, you know, Flair had a series of matches with Gonzalez before when he was in WCW, right? And, like, a lot of the matches, he would ta- he, he would be taking slams off the top rope from this big guy, right? Every every time. Every match they had. And I was like, oh, my God, I can match. Because, I mean, I mean, considering his height, I mean, he's really launching Flair. <laughs> right. Dear Lord. Yeah. yeah what, getting back to... I'm sorry. Just I want to uh-huh. just back up a little bit. Okay. That, um, when we were talking about Nick Bockwinkle earlier, um, it was a while back, um, and it was you know b- before he passed. But I heard Kurt Henning talk about Nick Bockwinkle, and it was I don't know '85, '86. Um, they had an hour-long match that was actually on ESPN, and oh, he said that wow. um, that Nick, you know that Bockwinkle really just kind of, you know, drug him through that hour-long match. Now, at the time, you know, Kurt Henning had been in the business, you know, about five or six years, so he wasn't he wasn't new, but he was, you know, he was still learning. And he said that he learned more in that one match with Nick Bockwinkle in that hour about, you know, crowd reaction and knowing when to, to move, you know, when not to move, when to, to pick up the pace, when to slow it down. You know, mm-hmm. and really just learned. You know, he said he learned so much about ring psychology, and I think that was what made Bachwinkle so great. Was you know, he was like you said, he was so good with just about anybody. I don't think he ever really had a right. bad match. You know, with anybody, and yeah. you know, with these guys like we talked about. You know, the you know Roman Reigns, and you know, and I'm not I'm not bashing. I'm not trying to to underscore what he does or his talent. But he defends his title 12 times a year. You know, it seemed like at times Ric Flair was doing that 12 times a week. 
you know, doing two shows on oh, Saturday yeah. and Sunday and, you know, Monday oh. through Friday. Yeah, you totally, know, totally agree. I mean, again, I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna name him by name, but uh, Mick Alvis and I got into this argument. Like I said, he was trying to put himself in that same pantheon of NWA champions, and I pointed out to him, I said, "Look, I'll give you a year and a half off for COVID, but in three and a half years, you defended your title twenty-seven times. Don't put yeah, that's nine times a year. <laughs> that's every I mean, month and a half." Guy's a paper champion. He got pissed off and blocked me on Twitter. Oh well, two thirds. Well, what, what I did like, I just saw it on. Um, it was a small YouTube uh, YouTube clip um, where MJF was getting into an elevator, and it was after a show, and there was a lot of fans standing around, and he's got his bag behind him, and the elevator door opens up, and he tells everybody now. MJF is is hated, right? He's a bad guy, and he tells everybody that's looking, nobody get in this effing elevator with me. And he steps in, and, and a guy went to step in, and he put his hand out, and kind of pushed him out of the elevator, and the elevator door closed. And I thought, here's this, here's this guy living his gimmick, not just bell to bell, but from the time he he wakes up in the morning to the time he goes to sleep. You know, he's he's living. His gimmick, you know, he's he's you know he's selling the business outside of you know what we'll call normal business hours, and I loved it. Right. Everybody's like, oh, don't 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 he know? You know, we're his fans. Well, listen, the guy's doing that's his job. Listen, that's you're not, what it's supposed to you're be. Supposed to, right, you're not supposed to like this guy. You're not supposed to go out to breakfast with this guy. You're supposed to hate him. He wants you to call him names. He wants you to cuss at him. That he listen, he got the, the exact reaction that he was looking for. That's the problem with our business right these days. <laughs> the problem with the the problem with our business and the problem with the internet is too much accessibility to the talent. Yes, it ruins Absolutely. the mystique. Yep. And yeah, shame and, on and the guys. If I want the shame on the guys that, that go. <laughs> shame on the guys that go into any main event together, okay, and beat the hell out of each other, and and. Um, and they're going tooth and nail, tooth and nail, tooth and nail. And next thing you know, they're posting selfies on Facebook or on Twitter in the locker room. Best buddies. Are you joking me? Right. <laughs> yeah. They'd rather be Booker, 13 years Booker I've been in the business and I've only gone. Right. <laughs> 13 years I've been in the business and I've only had a merch table at two events in 13 years. Mm-hmm. One was in New Orleans because the promoter told me to, and the other was in England because the promoter told me to. Otherwise, I don't come out at intermission. I definitely don't do meet and greets. I don't need to, to socialize with the common folk. They're there to see me work. They're not to, They're not my friends. I have friends. I don't need any more. Yeah. And it, it was Scott Hawkins instead of that. You know, he said, uh, you know, you, you can have friends, or you can make money. And already got friends, so let's <laughs> make some money. <laughs> right. Well, exactly. I mean, you you know, you look at you look at the guys right now that are out there flying their trade and doing their thing, and they don't have to do the, uh, you know, they don't have to do the the quote unquote super indie thing, and you know, uh, oh, me and my friends are going here and. This guy calls me Uncle So and So. I mean, is your home life that pathetic? 
that you need coworkers' kids to call you uncle? Really? Or you're gonna you're gonna yap about your friends and two of you are baby faces, three of you are heels, you're all riding in the same mm -hmm. car and posting selfies? Come on, dude, a little respect for uh, for the sport that we love. I mean, yeah, can, can can you imagine in in 1985, you know, Dusty Rhodes having a beer with any of the horsemen? Um, I'm sure they did, but you didn't hear about it. You did, well, right? That's what I'm saying. Like we, right? Right. We, you know, we we weren't we weren't privy to it. That's what I'm saying. Like we like we never saw it. We never saw them. You know, they, fraternizing together. There was, no, there was and a we saw we you know for things like that when they would break hay like that. It's like you know, this is the way we killed the town. <laughs> <laughs> He killed right. the whole business oh nowadays doing stuff right. like that. I mean, right. you can you can absolutely kill the entire business doing that nonsense. I mean, you go to oh. you, know, you, you go there and they're like, um, uh, or the other one that I can't stand. Oh well, they should put the belt on so and so. What the hell are you talking about? Either you win it in the ring or you don't win it in the ring. What is this nonsense? Right. They should put the belt on so and so. How about I take off my belt and put it upside your head for being an idiot? <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm just happy to have the one I bought from Walmart J C Penny. Yeah, right? <laughs> what did <laughs> Mr. Miyagi say? J C Penny, three ninety eight. Dalton Okinawa <laughs> means no need rope pulled up pants. I got it. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and people I mean, don't I realize that the title right. crap it's a gift. You know what I mean? Exactly, but you know what? The bell doesn't make you, what? you make the bell. Yeah, it is. And, you know, I'm not going to go all, all, you know, super Japanese like, like our, our friend Steve does, but the Japanese still have it right. They don't let you know what their booking strategy is, and they oh, present yeah. everything Art, as a legitimate <laughs> sport. It's the way it should be. And that's why it's all still doing good business. Yeah. They're still doing business. They're not doing, you know, let me sign a TV contract and do television. They're doing business. Yeah. You know, we're I, talking I about those bad-made events. Well, I mean, here, when, when Vern yeah. was stuck for money and he had to get an infusion of cash into the AWA and the, uh, you know, they, they put the belt on Otto Vance. God, that was painful to watch. Wow. Otto Vance. I mean, the first match was in yeah, Germany. I, we saw it on the we saw it on the films, but the return was at the amphitheater in Chicago. I happened to be there, and Bachwinkle, who oh, was yeah. a heel, is you know for the majority of his career in as champion. I never saw Bachwinkle get cheered so much to win the title off this buffoon. Oh man, hey, can you, you remember the, the feud with Jake Man Milliman and Colonel De Beers? Yeah, for the team oh, yeah. series. Boy, that seemed to last forever. <laughs> they were drawing. Well, they were drawing houses. You know, they were they yeah. were still drawing. They were still drawing house shows, and and people were still paying to see that that feud go on. So God bless. They weren't going to stop yeah, it. Yeah, man. Uh, I mean, look at I, look I, at I, Waller I and Bill Dundee. Even before, honestly. Yep. You, you, you stole my thought with Lawler and Dundee. You know, they're probably still teaming to this we, day. <laughs> well, sure, I'm saying, but how many times do we see Lawler and Dundee? 
Lawler and Dundee. One's the baby, one's the heel. They're both babies. They're both heels. Oh, yeah. But it was Lawler and Dundee every other month. But they were selling 12,000 seats out on a Monday before Monday became popular. They're selling out 12,000 seats in the Mid-South Coliseum on a Monday. It's like Kevin Sullivan said, and I read uh, one time, you know, he said, chairs and broke. And why fix it? You know what I mean? It works and keep going. Milk it for all it's worth. <laughs> exactly. I mean, were there guys that were that should have been main event talents that never were, just because they couldn't draw? You know, they couldn't draw the house. Absolutely. One of the guys that comes to mind for me is Outlaw Ron Bass. Outlaw Ron Bass could work, mm-hmm. but he was never a main event because oh, he, he lacked that. He lacked that little bit of extra charisma that Dusty had and Harley had. And Brody, and you know, and he didn't have. There's no knock on him. It's just the way his character was, the way his persona was. You know, Ron Bass God, was you, never going to get to the main event. Things back in the day was Ron Bass and Black Bart. Man, those guys were great together. Oh man. Oh yeah. I mean, they even before that, ball. with with <laughs> yeah. even before that, with, with with Ron and Don Bass. You know, they had yeah. Ron Bass managing them. Ron Bass too. Right? I remember mm-hmm. I remember hearing a, a story from Michael Hayes. And he said that, you know, all the managers back when he first started out in, in Florida, back in the late 70s, he said Ma Bass scared the hell out of him. Because here's this five foot two woman, and, he's, and mm-hmm. she lived that gimmick 24-7. And he just, you know, he mm-hmm. said that he had, all the rookies were told, stay in line, because Ma Bass will kick your ass. I believe it. <laughs> you didn't have to worry about Ron and Dye, you had to worry about Ma Bass. You know, yes. And again, what what made yes. Moolah so good? Was Moolah that great a wrestler? No. What made Moolah so good? Moolah drew the house. Mm-hmm. No matter oh, yeah. which one of the girls from her stable or from her school she was wrestling against, Moolah drew the house. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, whether what style you have, whatever, I mean, that's the name of the game. You know, it's making money and putting butts in seats. Oh, yeah, I, think, I think it was Bill Watts. I don't know if it was Bill Watts or not. He said, you know, the idea is to put a butt every 18 inches. And, and that's what we've got to do. I mean, let's look at it. Was Moore's style of wrestling anything to write home about? It was basic. Basic punch, right. kick, body slam, sell. Punch, kick, body slam, sell. It wasn't anything to write home about. It wasn't. It wasn't what these kids are killing themselves trying to do now. I mean, they're all nuts. They're they're all trying to to do all this sort of BS nonsense that they do, and putting and putting their bodies in jeopardy and cutting their careers short because while they can perform, they don't know how to work. Right. You know, to quote the great late Heath Ledger, and. The Dark Knight. When he's a scene where he tells the guy that if you're good at something, never do it for free. <laughs> oh, exactly. I mean, here, let's. My wife she asked me this question a couple of days ago. She said, "How come you're not working every weekend anymore?" I said, "Because I'm not doing what half of these guys do. There are guys out on the Indies right now that have bought into this garbage line of nonsense that promoters are feeding them." that uh, I can't pay you, but imagine the exposure you're going to get. What the hell exposure are you going to get in front of 100 people with no video? 
Yeah, and and they're killing themselves for nothing. Literally. Right. But I'm just saying, you're in a, you're in a VFW hall in front of 60 people. There's no film, so it's not being filmed. It's not being broadcast. What exposure are you getting? And, and they didn't understand that back in the day when, when the guys and gals had to work hard and stuff, they, they weren't doing it for free. They were doing it to draw money. I mean, that should be the exactly. point of every wrestler in the business. Exactly. I mean, draw money. I, was, you know I, mean? I was never in the business to, to make a, a killing at it because it was a different type of mm -hmm. business. You know, but mm -hmm. I don't leave the house for under a certain amount of money. And if that means I'm not booked, That's then I'm it. not booked. I don't care. Absolutely. You know, I, I've um, you know we used to thank people. I've been given you know, We used to thank guys like Flair and Hogan and like Bachwink. We used to thank them, you know, for the house because it, because it was because of them. You know, they drew the people. You know. Well, I, used to, I had a promoter that used to book me regularly that used to crack up because there was a a group of twenty fans that all were in the same area, and they would put up this big sign that said, "I paid to see Chaz Moretti." There you go. <laughs> and I'd walk, I'd walk in the back, and, and the promoter would be laughing. He goes, did you tell him to do that? I said, no, sir. And he's like, they have a sign-up that says they paid to see you. I said, yep, I'm a draw. Keep paying me. Hello. I'm sorry, how again, you going to say earlier? Sorry about yeah, that. Yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, I no, no. No, I'm good. I'm good. Okay, okay. Yeah, go ahead. Keep going. <laughs> going, yeah, sorry. Well, no, I mean, I'm not trying to, to hijack anything. I just think it's stupid that these guys are killing, no, killing themselves for nothing, for free. It's dumb. Oh, we're with you, man. It really is. It, yeah, I see it all the time. And and it's like, and, and even on the, the television tapings you watch, you man, I mean, you got guys doing things that sh they should be doing on pay-per-view. You know what I mean? And it's just, I just or they shouldn't be doing at all. Through. Yeah, that, that too. <laughs> I mean, I mean, we we talked about the rock and roll experience, but you got to think about longevity of your career. You know what I mean? They don't have longevity. They're good for four years, five years, and they're done. Oh man! I mean, all these bumps in the floor, all this crazy stuff. You you, you give them a good couple, not even five years, like, like three or less. I want to know who the genius was I guarantee they won't be that invented. <laughs> I, I want to know who the genius was that thought it'd be a good idea to pull off a Canadian destroyer on the apron. The apron has the least uh, amount of canvas and or padding of any part of the ring, and if there's a broken board, you're screwed. Oh yeah. I just saw the other night. Uh, a deal where Kevin Owens used to do to like put people out of commission for it. We did the old power bomb on the apron deal, and you yeah. you know put people out for a long time. I saw a match the other night where he did the same deal, and the guy gets right back up and wrestles 15 more minutes. Like you got to be kidding me! Listen, don't don't get me wrong. I mean, I know he's very popular, and I heard I've never met him, but I heard he's he's a hell of a nice guy. You know, behind the curtain. But again, the biggest knock I ever had against Kevin Owens is he's still wearing that same garbage indie gear that he wore when he was first starting out. I'm sorry, the grungy cut-off fake tank top and, and, and the basketball shorts doesn't work.
Yeah, it's back uh, in the day they would never I mean, book the them. Art, the, the art of selling, I think it got, it really took a detour as of late. <laughs> you know what I mean? My God. Oh, yeah. Both ways about it. I mean, and, and again, I'm not, I'm not trying to knock anybody, but you take a look at guys that are holding world heavyweight championships that defended them one time since they won the belt four months ago. And, yeah, I'm calling Tyrus yeah. out. I mean, come on, the guy wins the belt, you don't see him for four months, he defends once. Oh, what, because he's parading the, the belt itself out onto Fox News? Makes this guy a worthy world champion? Uh, no. <laughs> oh, God. It, it, it's definitely story. not like it used to be. No, right. I, remember what, I remember being in Rosemont it, one night. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It was a house show, oh, and Hogan was was wrestling Kamala. Okay, yeah. they, I don't know who they had it as uh, as Kim Chi or, or Friday or whatever they called them. It's probably one of the local guys. But um, at one point, Hogan tosses Kamala out of the ring, and he must have uh, messed up or or threw him a little too hard because in being second row ringside, we could hear it. Kamala gets up, and he's no longer Kamala. Now he's Sugar Bear Harris. He says, you go tell that fool to lighten up or I'll kill him. <laughs> and this was 87, so we're all sitting in the crowd going, holy crap, Kamala can speak English. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, my, my he used that, that, uh, uh, well, he used pronouns and, and adjectives that were a lot more colorful that I'm not going to repeat. But he basically told <laughs> whoever Friday was to tell the referee... And he called Hogan that bleeping idiot. He says, you go tell that bleeping idiot to lighten up. He says, well, I'm going to end this title reign for him. <laughs> but all we kept thinking was, holy crap, Kamala speaks English. Yeah. Oh, man, I miss Kamala. I miss Kamala. Well, you know, then he, he jumped back in the ring and... and uh-huh. No, and then he jumped back in oh, the ring and they finished the match the way it was supposed to be. And, you know, it, but it yeah. was funny that he was going to shoot on him. This is telling the white yeah. I'm going to take his title. Yeah. I was going to tell you guys a funny story about the big show, right? When he first won the title from Hogan, WCW, and uh, yeah. they played a rib on him. I think Hogan would tell him, you know, wear the belt everywhere. And big show, back when he was known as a giant back then, right? And uh, right. He, he literally wore the belt everywhere, even in his sleep and all that. And then finally, Sting had to be the one to smarten him up. <laughs> well, I mean, how'd you like to be Nature Boy Buddy Rogers in 61? He goes up against Burrow, and um, he figures he's going to do the, oh. the usual Buddy Rogers match, and he gets in the ring, and Burrow basically during the introduction says, Buddy, you better go you better go 100% hard, because I am. Mm. 61 seconds later, it's over. What an awakening that was. <laughs> uh, it was a stone shoot. You know, it was, oh, it was basically, it was basically, you know, a throwback to the days of, of the hookers and the shooters. I mean, you know, and that's how they drew million-dollar houses in the oh, that, 30s. I mean, Jim Londis drew oh, a two-million-dollar yeah. house at Soldier Field in in the early 30s during the Depression. I mean, how do you draw yeah. two million? They don't draw two million dollars now let alone $2 million for one match. Oh, those are the days, man. 
Yeah, I mean, like an hour and a half, hour and 20 minutes to finish. They held the headlock for 10 minutes. I mean, you know. And that's what MMA does. They, 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 they took our old old style finishes and made a hit out of it. That's what they do. They do arm bars, headlocks. You know, they basically took the old our old style and and well, you know who they did they business with it. Do you, do you know who pulls that off effortlessly now? And then they. Who's that? And then oh, they. Oh, yeah. The UFC. A body slam's a finisher. Yeah. An arm bar is a finisher. And now they're trying to put over slap, apparently. With the whole slap thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, here, you, you look at it and they go, but the difference is that MMA is real. Oh, please get in there oh, with Johnny Lord. Valentine and tell him that. <laughs> yes. Get in there with Gene Kanisky yeah. and his gnarled up ears and tell him that. Or Killer Kowalski. I'll let them, I'll let them get a, if they would get a slap from Chief Wahlman Daniel. How would that feel? Or oh, Black Jack Mulligan or I was never a big fan. I was never a big fan of Inoki. What about Eric? I wanted. I would have loved to see Inoki in this in this slap fight nonsense. <laughs> Right. Well, just 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 add, just go up to David Schultz and tell him that wrestling's fake and see what he does to you. Oh, oh, oh yeah, I know. He'd be, he would be a power slap champ of all time. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> to be David Schultz. Could you guys? Can you guys imagine oh, Inoki? <laughs> could you imagine Inoki putting chalk on his hands and getting a free open hand slap on some guy standing there waiting for it? That oh, we had a field day with it. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> but again, oh, I mean, you, you look at you look at MMA, and and again, not knocking, but if you if you if you think that MMA is not a work, think again. You're really getting worked. I mean, oh, okay, there people be amazed how much of much of things are work in the world these days. <laughs> oh, most definitely. Uh, somebody was remarking about oh, football, yeah. and they said, oh, the NFL is fake, and it's fixed, and it's this, and it's that. The NFL has been fixed since 1993. <laughs> Go back to the Houston Oilers versus the Buffalo Bills. Houston's oh, up 35-3 to at the half. And Jack Pardee, <laughs> their coach, is kicking onside kicks, throwing the ball in the second half, and they're up by 32 points. They wound up losing the game in overtime, 38-35. <laughs> and the That's point amazing. spread was three. <laughs> Houston oh. was plus three. So what happens to the point yeah. spread? It's a push. Nobody wins. Mm. Casinos cleaned up. Buffalo looked like world beaters, and Jack Pardee lost his job. And the NFL, in my eyes, was fixed ever since. Oh, man. Yeah. I had a laugh uh, when a buddy of mine that worked at Caesars... Yeah, a buddy of mine worked at the Mirage back in. Oh yeah, but a buddy of mine worked at the Mirage. But if truth be known, every, everything copies every little thing we do. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I had a buddy of mine that worked at the sportsbook at the Mirage when they first opened up, and this was right around the time of WrestleMania three, and they had odds on, on Hogan and Andre. Uh-huh. And I, I laughed. I'm like, how the hell can they book odds? On Hogan and Andre, all they got to do is change the finish. <laughs> yeah. 
You know, thank God Andre was gracious because he very well could change the finish if he wanted. <laughs> he could do anything. Well, yeah, you, talk about, you talk about great main events. You know that match was over in the third minute, right? At the one point, yeah. Andre Hogan tried to lift up Andre, and Andre fell on him. That was a three. Mm -hmm. That match was oh, yeah. over. <laughs> they covered that real quick because Andre pinned him. Mm. What well, they said going into that match that that was a huge concern, and you know Andre told Vince, you know, you know he'll he'll do what he's got to, you know, do what he needs to do, but. If Andre changes his mind in the middle of the match, you know, Andre's going to do whatever Andre wants to do to you. Oh, yeah. Well, like I said, in the, in the third or the fourth <laughs> minute, he falls on top of Hogan, and Joey Morella, God rest his soul, counted three. I mean, they covered it up, and, and Gorilla and, and uh, Jesse Ventura covered it up on commentary, but you watch it close, it was a three count. Hmm. The match was over in a minute. Oh my! You know, had they let had they let that stick, you know, had it been you know a quote unquote legitimate sport, Andre wins the title. Now what? And you know, granted there were good matches on the end of cards and the semi-main events. You know, you had Steamboat and Savage, which gets talked about to this day. Amazing, but it's like we're going back to earlier. I mean. Andre and Hogan was the draw, man, and, and they did amazing numbers that WrestleMania. Yeah, I mean, you go you go back to the early '60s. I, I read the I read Sheep Adnan L. Casey's autobiography, and you go back mm -hmm. to the early '60s when um, before the Chief came before he came over here to Sheik, and before he was Chief Billy White Wolf, they were putting on <laughs> cards in Iraq, and he would bring talent in. And they brought in Andre, and, and uh, Saddam Hussein happened to be one of one of the Sheik's um, old high school friends and old school friends. And he basically tells the Sheik, he tells the wow. Sheik in the locker room, he said, if that fathead tries anything, he says, I'll fix him. I got something for him, and he pointed oh. his revolver. And so they got oh, in the ring, no. and he told, he told Andre, you got to do the job, or they're going to shoot you. <laughs> so Andre, you know, flat out, he goes, he goes, Saddam's going to shoot you if you don't do the job. Oh, yeah. He's Talk about the time K -K, that, right? Uh, right. He the time that Tommy Rich won the world title from Harley Race, right? Back in the day. Uh, they literally brought in Andre as the forcer because they weren't sure whether Harley was what Harley was going to do. But, you know, he did business, right, of course. But, I mean, that's how tough and respected Harley was as, as the world champ, you know? Yeah. And yeah, I mean, man, Andre was the only guy that could handle <laughs> Harley. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you look at Kerry Von Erich's reign as NWA World Champion. I mean, he no-showed his first defense. He was supposed to take Flair's mm -hmm. Florida um, schedule over. No-shows the first right. defense. That's it. They sent him to Japan. He wasn't even supposed to go to Japan. Because mm. Flair was already out there. They said, send him to Japan. Make Flair beat, make Rick beat him, and it's all over for this kid. Yeah. So he had two defenses in you know, Florida. Missed the first one. Yeah. Defended the second mm -hmm. one. Goes out to goes out to Japan and drops the belt. And like you said, talk about enforcers. Yeah. They made sure they had Jumbo mm -hmm. Sarua lighten them up. Mm. Sarua stomped on his claw hand. 
just so that they couldn't, just so they would make sure that Kerry did business. Oh, Saluda, he was a bad man, too. <laughs> I mean, what was he, six foot four, two eighty five of nothing but muscle? Mm, solid. I mean, you know, it, it, he's a big man. boy for the Japanese. Japanese are not known as being big, tall, football-like people. Right, right. I I I saw a thing. Speaking of Japan, they had like a press conference after the uh, Bye Bye Muda match that he had. Yeah. In the sixth man with Sting and uh, Darby, right? And you know, there Sting and Muda were putting each other over in the uh, the press conference, right? And then uh, af afterwards, uh, Darby was walking away, and and Muda was in a, a wheelchair, right? And yeah. And he says, hey, Darby, come here. Uh. Yeah, you stu you stu you stu young boy. You drive. You take me away. <laughs> That's what he had Darby take him off <laughs> the wheelchair. Absolutely. <laughs> Better show some respect there, youngin. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that, that was that was really cool though. I mean, what a rub for Darby to be in there being in Buddha. Oh yeah, absolutely. But again, you know, credit to his work rate and to his ability. That they selected him for that match, right? And it, I, I mean, mean you get some of the chances he takes. Like, my God, that, that kid! I mean, I mean, you're ready. Right. Are you going to talk about these kids in in 20 years as being grizzled old veterans? No. I mean, if they're around <laughs> another three, four years each, it's going to be a lot. Yeah. I, I guarantee you, in the next three years, he's not going to be doing nearly as much as he's doing right now. It may not be working. Slow down. Well, he may not be working. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I just but, hope you, he, know, I, you know, wish the best, wish him the best, of course. But I mean, that you can't put your body through all that and just keep going night after night like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, Howard's going to appreciate this story. We were I was working in Indiana about six, seven years ago. And uh, the guy I was managing was the Indiana State champion. And he's supposed to drop his title to a local kid that was like all of five foot two, 138 pounds. All right, no problem. So we get in the back, and, um, and my guy hadn't gotten to the arena yet. And the kid comes up and goes, uh, Hey, Chaz, um, can we talk about the match? Yeah, we'll talk out in the ring. We'll see you there. Well, no, I got a lot of things I want to do. Yeah, that's awesome. You're winning. Goodbye. And he kept harassing me and bothering me and whatnot. Finally, I told him. I said, um, "Well, he, he goes, you know, I, I gotta get, I gotta get all my stuff in, and I gotta get my shine." I said, "You know when you're gonna get your shine? No, when? After you win the title, you're gonna have three minutes to celebrate in the ring with your valet and the belt, and that's it." I said, "You're gonna, I said, you're gonna get your ass kicked for 85 percent of the match. You're gonna hit one move out of the blue and win the title." That's how it works. And he comes back, and now my guy's in a locker room. And I told I told the guy that I was mad. I said, just just follow my lead. We're gonna play with this kid. <laughs> kid comes back and he says, uh, Well, I got an idea as to what I want to do for the finish. I said, That's awesome. What do you want to do? He says, Well, I want I want to get I want to get him down, and then I'm gonna um, and then I'm gonna hit the, a 450 splash. I said, Wait a minute, Junior. I said. I'm taking a powder spot for you. 
from your valet. Okay, I'm going to be blinded from a powder spot. The ref's going to be distracted. Yeah. You're going to have all of five and a half seconds to put him on the mat and pin him, including the three count. Yeah. So how do you expect to do that? Well, I wanted, I don't care what you want. Here's what's going to happen. I said, I looked at my guy. I said, hey, Colin, can you take an Enziguri? Yeah, I can take an Enziguri. I said, good. Here's what you're doing, kid. I'm taking the powder spot for you. You're delivering an Enziguri, and you're pinning him. One, two, three. That's it. I said, then if you decide to go into business for yourself, I'm going to have Colin choke you out, and we're going to win. And he says, but, 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 but that's not how it's supposed to go. That's how it's going to go. <laughs> so follow the script. Sure enough, we get in the, we get in the ring with this kid, right? At one point, he no sells a, a, a corner chop. He no sells the oh. chop and tries to pull offense. And I looked at I looked at Colin and I said, Colin, hook him. So Colin hooks him in a reverse mm-hmm. chin lock, which was a chokehold. And I mean, mm-hmm. he's choking him right near the ropes. And I look at the kid, and the kid's turning purple, and he's gurgling. And I just looked at him and I said, are you going to go back to the script or do we win? I said, nod your head if you want to go back and do business. And he's nodding his head and gurgling. I'm like, all right, Colin, let's go home. We gave these guys enough. So we, we go into the spot and we, we do the, the powder spot. He does the Enziguri, wins the title. And we get in the back and he's complaining to the promoter. Those guys almost choked me out. And I looked at the promoter and I said, this kid's an idiot. You put a belt on a moron. Have a nice day. We walked out, never went yeah. back. When you win a championship, you're supposed to be uh, representing the company and all that. It's, it's really embarrassing. You have people like that. They want to put a strap on it. I mean, so here, mess her up. You when, when, I mean? when you're when you're five foot two, 138 pounds, in my opinion, you don't belong in our business, number one. Because no one's going to believe that you can out wrestle them, especially if they're bigger than you are, and you're facing a guy that's six foot one, two thirty five. Oh my! So I mean, it's, the only way you have a prayer of winning is to pull off the the Snow White underdog. You got lucky with one move and got out with the belt. Basically, pull a Tommy mm-hmm. Rich. Yeah. But these kids, they don't they don't get it. They all want to do and Tommy their Rich four fifties and their. Yeah, I mean, but, you know, they all went, but <laughs> relatively speaking, Tommy wasn't bigger than Harley. Tommy was small for right. a champion back then. Yeah, well, I mean, not, but nowadays he would be bigger, a lot bigger than a lot of other stars nowadays. And I, you know what <laughs> I say? Shame on the school. <laughs> shame on these quote-unquote wrestling schools that gave these kids delusions that they could be professional wrestlers. Because I'm sorry, unless you're wearing a mask, and you're a lucha, or you're out in Japan and you're you're playing that style. It is pretty unbelievable to think that a, a 310 pound guy is going to lose to a 150 pound guy. This is the mods right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! This has been but great. Sorry, I've been on the soapbox too long right tonight. There. Well, I, I did hear great. Speaking of going into business for himself, and I only heard a little bit of the story on one of Jim Cornette's podcasts. Story, I, I think it was Paul Roma and Alex Wright. And oh my God, Alex Roma was supposed to put Alex over big, 
and he kind of and there's speculation that you know it was changed at the last minute or whatever. But Roman made him look horrible, horrible. Oh man! Oh goodness! That was look, at, look at Howard. Look, look at Brody and, and Luger in that cage down in Florida. When <laughs> oh, Luger ran out. Yeah, and Brody scared the hell out of him. He didn't know what to do. Oh, my God. Oh, my Listen, God. Listen, Brody, you know, would, would scare the hell out of me, too. But, I mean, here, mm, Frank no sold him. <laughs> Frank yeah. no sold him, and he scared him so bad he ran out of the freaking cage. I'm done. <laughs> oh, that's yeah, and, and there's, there, there's differences when, when you can do that, you know, in... There's points in a match when that is is believable. You know, any time that, you know, the, the Midnight Express wrestled the Road Warriors and they would hit them with something and Hawk would just flex, I could believe that. I could believe that that probably didn't hurt him. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. Or that other but nonsense nowadays, when... Uh, now, nowadays, it's guys are taking Chris Adams, like, super kicks and, and bouncing right back up. Like, he damn near took your head off, man. Sell it for a couple of seconds. Like, that make it look like it hurt. That happened to me um, at a show about three years ago, four years ago. Um, promoter says, your guy is going to turn on you. He's going to turn baby face. Because I wanted right. a super kick. Yes, they're great. I'll just go down off the super kick and call it a day. Well, no, I want him to, to pick you up and body and, and power slam you. That's a win. After the super kick, I said, that's so stupid. Yeah. I'm a civilian. He hits me with a super kick. I should be laid out. Right. Well, that's you the way wake I want it. Tomorrow. Same, yeah. He goes, well, that's the way it's I want it. It's okay, dumbass. pray for somebody to sell in a match. <laughs> it's really sad. And the funny part is, I looked at the motor. I told him, I said, okay, dumbass, have it your way. I said, then when it looks like garbage on the film, don't blame me. So he super kicks me. <laughs> I don't go down. I go down to one knee in the corner so that I can get mm -hmm. back up real quick and feed into the power slam, which I did. Took the power slam and laid out off of that. Kid's standing over me, looking at me, goes, what do I do now? Pick up my glasses and put them on, dumbass, and walk out of the ring. <laughs> Take my sunglasses off of me, put them on, and walk out of the ring. Fool. So he walks out of the ring, we get in the back, and the promoter's all up and goes, oh, that was brilliant. I'm like, you're an idiot. Sure enough, when the film came out, wow. I got run down on social media when the film came out. Bro, why yeah. don't you sell the super kick? I said, don't ask me, ask the freaking promoter. It was his idea. <laughs> it's called wrestling, you idiot. <laughs> right. You know, I, 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 watched a, I watched a match with, um, it was when uh, the Rock and Roll Express finally beat uh, Rudin and... Manny Fernandez for the titles, and for probably three minutes of the match, they—I mean—they'd been working on Robert Gibson for quite some time because they're looking for the hot tag to Ricky to reignite the the crowd. But Manny had Robert in a in a like a reverse chin lock for a good two and a half minutes, and and you right. would think that he was like ripping Robert's head off the way he was in so much agony. Like he's selling this simple, and the crowd is. The crowd is buying it. They're not booing. They're they're chanting, you know, rock and roll. They're trying to get into his feet, and he's trying to shake his hand, and, you know, and get up. And every time he would try to get up, Manny would just cinch up on the chin lock, and down he would go again. And I'm like, 
it's so basic and so simple, but yet we can't pull it off today. Because today yeah, we, yeah, we I mean, have it, today it, we have this mentality that we we have to reinvent the wheel. That is the best yeah, way I can describe it's, it's, the stupidity it's not true. of software. It's not rocket science, you know what I mean? It's, just, it's, it's not. It's, it's, it's been tried science, and true right? since the, since the early you know 1900s. This method has worked, and and I I think I said it on on your show a, a couple of weeks ago. I think what, the, the crowd now, when when two guys are are, are getting ready to kick off a feud, they, they they want a cage match the very next show. Why? Because where do you go from there? <laughs> you, you know, the yeah. cage is supposed to be the blow right. off. It's supposed to be the big thing. You, you have a couple of disqualifications. You have a couple of outside interferences. You know, and you know, and you know, Dusty Rhodes said it best that the the bad guy has to the, the bad guy could win nine out of ten matches, but when the good guy finally wins that tenth match and the feud is over, that's all we'll remember. Sure. So you get the money is in the versus, chase. Magnum TA you know? versus Nikita Koloff. Best of seven. Best of seven for the US title. Oh, that was amazing. Koloff dominated the early the early matches of that series. Magnum made his comeback. Mm -hmm. They go they go three three into the final match and Magnum wins. And no one like you said, no one remembers that Koloff literally beat the hell out of him for the first three, four matches of that series. All they know is mm -hmm. Magnum won. That's all they cared about. So that's that's all we care about. We care about the payoff. That's all we want to see. But, the, but, but again, the there's a story the there. Now. Right. Agreed, because right now the payoff's not the payoff. You know what the payoff is? Um, how many, how many armchair Dave Meltzers are out there going, oh, I give that match nine and a half stars. Oh, stop it. Yeah. <laughs> stop it. Yeah, I, Go ask your I mom just, if she needs help with the laundry. I know you're 42 years old, still living in a basement. Just stop. Yeah. I just uh, wish they could get great. back to get back to old-fashioned storytelling, not only leading up to the match, but, you know, during the match. And, you know, right. make yeah, I'll, give you, I'll give you an example. These guys are hurt. And if these moves I agree. Hurt. I agree. I'm, I'm going to give you an example. I am – I've been blessed to be commissioned by the World Association of Wrestling from Norwich, England, to be their North American booking agent. And we are putting on an event on July 28th in Chicago – in which the main event is Zach Zodiac defending his WAW world title against Tom Latimer. Uh, there's no finish book. The boys are going to take care of it in the ring. Now, I'm the child should be done. Co promoting the show, and I'm going to shoot now and tell everybody flat out I have no clue who's going to win. Because that's the way it should be. That's the way it should be. Absolutely that, that's should be. be one hell of a match. One hell of a match and right the co-main co event, and, and I love her to death. I love the way she promoted it tonight on Twitter. Camille got on mm -hmm. Twitter and said, if she's still the NWA World Women's Champion in July, she'll put that belt on the line against Soraya Knight. Soraya Knight's That's first awesome. ever shot at a world title. And again, there's wow. no finish booked. They're right. going to handle it in the ring. Well, the but, but let's, let's, look, let, let's look at today's product and... Who who is Cody Rhodes facing at WrestleMania? He's booked to face Roman Reigns, right? Yeah. 
But doesn't Sami Zayn have a title match that could interrupt that between now and then? And you know what? And you know what would be awesome? Is this if you want to about guys, if you want to talk about guys going into business for themselves, let's assume for a second that these uh, internet pundits are going. Well, uh, we we pretty much know that Roman is booked to win. I would love to see Sammy just go into business for himself and pin him. Now what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not a, now I, would love, I, would love, I would love for that to be the book finish and we don't even know about it yet. And that's we, the swerve they're going to and throw again, us. I use, I use parentheses or quotation marks when I made my last statement because isn't that the way it should be? Yeah. Do we really have to know what goes on behind the scenes? I, yeah, I, 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 I wish I didn't, you know, but there's so know. much out there. The <laughs> yeah. Fun, right? yeah, I want to enjoy the show. Exactly. I mean, I don't, when I, when I watch a pay-per-view or I watch a show, and even an indie show, when I, if I go to a, a rare occasion where I go to an indie show just to watch, I mean, I'll sit in the, I'll sit in the third row, fourth row in the back, mind my own business, and, and I'm not going to be one of these guys going, oh, that's garbage. Oh, that guy sucks. This guy is terrible. Why did they do that? Uh, he should have went over. I don't do that. I sit there and I watch the show for what it is. Mm-hmm. Because that's that's how you that's that's how you don't go away disappointed. You right. go away going. That's it. That was interesting for what it was. You know, these guys are coming. I hate this pay per view. I'll never watch WWE again. Oh nonsense! You'll be right, right back there next month watching the next. Premium live event. <laughs> You're right. You know, and, yeah. and 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 I and I've said it before. I I think with with the recent Royal Rumble, we all know Cody Rhodes was going to win it. There was no real surprise. But I think had they booked it a little different with doubting his return because of his injury, and can he not not when he when's he coming back? But can he come back? You change the narrative a little bit. And then all of a sudden, he's the 30th entrant into the Royal Rumble. Now you have a shot. I was, at, I was at Hell in the Cell, and I saw that I saw his pectoral muscle firsthand. He was messed up. That thing wasn't purple; it was black purple. Right. So it's believable that he may not come back from that, right? I mean, it's completely Absolutely. believable. So they, they right. I think they should have built on that, and then still having come in. At number 30, still having win the Royal Rumble, but nobody knows. Right. And then and you know what's, here, here you know he what's is. Funny. He comes out. Yeah, you know what's funny? The, the purists out there, because Ray never came out at number 17. Only There's 29 people There's always a purist or two that are out there saying, you know what? The Rumble never ended. Well, what do you mean? Right. 30 guys never made it. Number 17, they're still waiting mm. for him. Right. Yeah. Well, and then here's the... The internet memes with did Kobe Kingston's feet still touch the floor yet? Like, what's he doing? No, definitely, you know, definitely right. agree. I mean, there's so many ways you can take it, but the, I mean, like, like you said, Howard, the best way to take it is just watch the show and enjoy. Just watch the show. Yeah, that's it. I mean, watch the show. Who works for what it is? I mean, here, like you said, we talk about you know appearances and entrances in, in a Royal Rumble. I'm looking forward to the Flash movie. I could care less how it ends. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm looking right. forward to Michael Keaton as Batman. Right, right. That's a Royal Rumble yeah. moment right there. Michael Keaton coming out as right. Batman. I'm in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I could care less. We can have that. I'll watch the, the 
That's what I'm saying. I'll watch the movie. I'll watch the movie for what it is. You know, right. you don't go in there going, well, they should have wrote the movie this way. No, you watch the right. movie for what it is. Wait, how, many, how many people went out and saw the movie? You might die in a, in a movie, right, in, right. in your role. It's like your character's right. going to die in a movie. I mean, really? <laughs> yeah, right. except for the guy from Fast and Furious who, again, high spot after high spot after high spot, wanted to kill himself in a car crash. Mm-hmm. Well, how, how many people, when it, when, it, when it first did the theaters, went out and seen the movie Titanic? We all knew how that was going to end. Yeah. But we watched no it doubt. anyway. <laughs> exactly. My wife laughs at me all the time because... Uh, my wife laughs at me all the time because um, we can watch movies. And I don't care what the movie is. If if I'm not into it, mm-hmm. I'll fall asleep. And she yeah, has, mm-hmm. she has yeah, a picture. Too. She has a she's got a picture album saved called the Sleep Album, and she's got every movie listed on there that I fell asleep to, except for Titanic. I stayed up for three hours watching that. But you knew how it was going to end, right? And I knew how it ended, right? And, and, you, know, and uh, you know, the funny part is now you get these internet marks that are saying, oh, well, she should have hoisted him onto the door. Uh, you know, she let him go on purpose. Stop. Stop, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I belong to a group. I, I grew up watching, and we're going to get a little off topic, but I, I love the TV show MASH with Alan Alda and, you know, all of the, the cast that is in there. And sure. I got... I got criticized on because a guy posted on there, he was watching a certain episode, and he started picking apart all the inconsistencies that are there. And I'm like, can't we just watch the show for what it is? It's only, it's only 30 minutes long. Watch right. it for the entertainment that it is for that 30 minutes. Let me ask you guys a question. Uh, okay, real quick. Let me ask one quick question, though, and then we'll go to the plugs. Do you think the modern right. wrestling fan could have sat through the the thirty minute or hour long infomercial that the old territories used to put on every Saturday? No. 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 I agreed. All right, <laughs> on to the plug, Stro. Yeah. Uh, what you got? Lay it on me. Plugs. I'll let Howard go first. Um, I, I I don't have anything, honestly. All right, I'm going to plug one thing that's, that's going to be a, a, a passion project of mine. July 28, 2023, in Chicago, Illinois. The venue will be finalized probably by the end of this week, early part of next week. Tickets go on sale March 15th. It is called A Night to Remember. Again, it's Zach Zodiac defending the WAW world title against Tom Latimer. Camille versus Soraya Knight, hopefully for the NWA world women's title. And the Chicago return of the one and only Papa Stro. All right. That's yeah, my plug wait, for this man. evening. Get ready, Chicago. We're going to make it happen. <laughs> That's awesome. Great, great to have yeah, you. Yeah, the only thing we're going to have to, be, really awesome. we'll have to figure out is whether or not Dorothy gets her own seat. Uh, she'll, she'll probably find something somewhere. Uh, there you she's go. persistent. <laughs> But, guys, this has been great. Thank you. This has been an awesome show, really. And I, I think we should continue to talk, the talk of the main events. This has been really good for next week. Yeah, I, yeah. I, think, this needs, this, yeah, I think this needs to be part one, and we need to do part two next week, and then however many parts it takes till we get to the end. I agree. <laughs> that's, that's good, man. Hot, hot, hot topic for sure. 
You guys, uh, be sure to catch listeners. Thank you guys for listening. Catch the archives of tonight's show on WCW Retro on VOCNation.com. Look for WCW Retro. And uh, thank you for our much love to our Spotify and iTunes listeners. Thank you guys for all the love and support. You guys are great. Have a great rest of the week and weekend. We'll see you guys next Thursday here on WCW Retro. You guys are awesome. Have a good night. God bless. Yeah, good night, guys. Say good night. Total Package, Lex Luger, you're listening to the VOC Nation. Don't miss out. Hey, guys, before we get started, I just wanted to read this commercial because it's an agreement that we made with a really great podcast, and I want to tell you guys all about it. Pro Wrestling Interviews, it features guests who are hot indie stars as well as the greats of the ring. Each week, you can join the amazing Velvet as well as Dr. John as they host this jam-packed hour of interviews, pro wrestling news, and entertaining guests. It's an hour you don't want to miss. Trust me, you don't want to miss it. Every Sunday, 9 p.m. Eastern, just go to ProWrestlingInterviews.com, and it'll take you to their Facebook page where you can get the custom podcast link for that week. Don't miss a second of Pro Wrestling Interviews. That's Sunday nights, 9 Eastern, ProWrestlingInterviews.com. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network. Check out In The Room. Every Tuesday night at 9. Listen in. Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks, former WCW star Stro Maestro, Kazzy Fitz, Matt Grimm. And you and Ray are there too, right Ray? We sure are, and we've got great guests like Lex Luger, AJ Styles, Taku, and more. It's a heck of a party. Plus, I didn't get thrown off uh, buildings. And then uh, I didn't get pregnant either. Sometimes I think it gets so ridiculous. We were getting into, like, snuff film territory there. In the room. 9 p.m. Eastern on VOC Nation. Yo, this is Jerry Stags of the Nasty Boys. Yeah, Brian Knobs here. You get ready to get nasty. Well, listen to the VOC Nation, baby. VOC Nation is one of the longest-running wrestling podcast networks. Having started way back in 2010, VOC Nation provides daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with their hosts, and guests via phone calls, emails, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts will include former backstage interviewer from both AWA and WWE, Ken Resnick, former WCW performer The Maestro, former Impact performer Wes Crisco, Pro Wrestling Illustrated contributor Brady Hicks, and former Philadelphia radio personality Bruce Wirtz. Archive free content includes past interviews with huge names like Hulk Hogan, Jesse Ventura, Kurt Angle, Jimmy Hart, Ricky Steamboat, Sting, Mick Foley, Joey Styles, Howard Finkel, and so many more. Listen live at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all the podcasts by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. And be sure to follow these guys on Twitter at VOCNation. Phil After has been in the pro wrestling business for over 50 years. Hey, Tony here with uh, Arn Anderson. Arn, first of all, your height and weight. 6'1", 255. And now subscribers to VOC Nation Premium get exclusive access to Bill After's archived audio footage. And uh, where's your hometown? Minneapolis, Minnesota. Okay, and uh, give us something about your back. First of all, your relationship to Ole Anderson. 
Holy is my Subscription to VOC Nation Premium starts at just $3 a month and includes commercial-free audio and video versions of our top podcasts. Okay, we're speaking here with uh, the manager of the World Heavyweight Tag Team Champions, Tarzan Tyler and Luke Graham, and he's, uh, he's sort of glowing tonight about a new prospect we haven't heard of yet. And for just $9 a month, Aptor's archives are all yours. Uh, would you tell us who this new prospect well, is? Well, I'll tell you, Bill, I've searched the world, and I finally <laughs> found the true world champion. I finally found... Uh, what's your opinion of uh, Ivan Koloff winning the title from Bruno San Martino? Well, I think... Uh, I don't know what to say, but I, I want to say one thing. Uh, Bruno was an early champion. Hear exclusive interviews with the greatest performers of all time. Please go after, and once again, we're speaking here with... Bruno San Martino. Bruno, first of all, how did you and Bruiser lose that title to the Valiant? Well, actually, it, it was uh, uh, a very unusual loss, if you want to call it a did loss. Did have anything to do? Well, yes, but the whole thing is this. If you rules, as I always understood them, was that the title could only be lost by pin or, or submission, which is the same rules as uh, my title, the World War Wrestling Federation. That night, uh, it was... To sign up, it's very simple. Head to premium.vocnation.com or go to patreon.com slash vocnation. VOC Nation takes you behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week, talking dream matches, taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out, vocnation.com, WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation Radio Network. This is Matt Hardy, and you are listening to the VOC Nation.